When you're imparting the gospel, you've got to impart your soul. Or it'll just be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Or maybe a crashing cymbal. Not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. That's why you do it. You love people. They're dear to you. You love their families. You appreciate their friendship. You appreciate their loyalty. You appreciate their sacrifice that they make week after week after week to make the church what it is. Young preachers kind of have a hard time getting a hold of that. It can be done, but Youth and pride are closely associated. Yes, sir. Age has a way of humbling you. Your, your strength, your athletic ability, your mental gymnastics that you are always able to do, age has a way of humbling you in all those areas. And then you get to where you don't care about yourself, but you care even more about others. And the longer you're around the same group of people, the more you care. It gets to where when you do preach hard, it hurts you more than it hurts them. But you still got to do it. But that's when you're imparting your soul. When you're preaching, and it is killing you to do it. It's got to be done. Because you've seen what happens in churches where they don't do that. They just get more and more loose, more and more worldly, more and more selfish, more and more dirty. More and more wicked. It's got to be done. But when you love people, it's, it's hard. When they're dear to you, when they're dear to you, it's hard to just lay it out there like you know it needs to be laid out there. So that's why you pray. Ask God to help you. Give you grace and strength to be bold, to be stern, to even be hard if necessary. And yet be and that they can know that you have compassion in your heart for what you're doing. It's never too hard if they're dear to you. You can be hard on your own children if they're dear to you. If you can't be hard on them, it's because you love yourself more than you love them. Right. Right. Mm. You can't stand the pain. You won't hurt their feelings. No, it's your feelings you're worried about, not theirs. Yep. For you remember, brethren, verse 9, our labor and travail. For laboring night and day. That's something else you've got to get old to really understand. 
Young people are not going to stay up all night to labor. They can stay up all night to play. <laughs> They're not going to stay up all night to labor. In prayer, Bible study, thinking about burdens, thinking about, thinking about somebody that they just talked to that day that had a broken heart and an insurmountable problem. And no idea what to do about it. And they call and pour their hearts out to you. And you're thinking, this is not an easy one here. Somebody's going to get hurt either way here. I got three phone calls Saturday from the same mission here. Broken heart. Broken heart. Laboring night and day. I went to bed after midnight last night. Woke up at 4 or 5 o'clock this morning. My wife said, what are you doing awake? I said, why don't you go back to sleep? I said, I've been trying that for the last 30 minutes. I gave up. So I got up. I worked on this. Even though I already preached it, those of you that heard it, it's already starting out way different. You know, if you're going to teach or preach something that you've taught or preached before, get you something fresh to go with. Don't just try to get up and wing it with the same thing that you had before. Because you got a different crowd, you're in a different place, there's different needs. Laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. The reason for travail in missions is because travail is ordained of God. It is a natural process and it started with the curse in the garden. Genesis 3.16 Eve was going to have sorrow and travail in giving birth. It is ordained of God that if we're going to reach the world with the gospel we're going to have to labor and we're going to have to travail. There's going to have to be some suffering and some pain involved if we get the gospel to the regions beyond. It is not going to happen easily. I talked to a missionary today, a different missionary. Laid out a need that they had. And I could tell he really needed some help. And so I really, really wanted to help him. I 
just not sure I got the leading to do that. So which is more pain, helping or saying no? I guess it depends on whether you want to help them or not. If you want to help them, it's more pain to say no. Yeah. If you don't want to help them, it's more pain to say yes. Yeah. Travail is ordained of God in physical birth. And it's ordained of God in spiritual birth. For sinners to be saved, people can't come to church and relax and just kind of check out. They've got to be involved in the service. Involved in the singing, involved in the music, involved in the sound system. It's not time to play. It's time to take care of God's business. Yes, sir. Amen. Involved in praying. Involved when the preaching's going on. Resisting the tiredness. I mean, one guy used to drive him crazy. He used to drive him crazy. Every time somebody would... <laughs> During service. <laughs> okay, everybody knows who that was. <laughs> I mean, if you need to stretch that bad, just lay down on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Do a lumbar roll or something. <laughs> That's being checked out. Yes, sir. You're checked out. You're not you're not involved. What's going on? I I know we, we all have to fight yawning sometimes. Okay? Yawning is contagious. You see somebody, I mean, you're, you're meet, meet him, you're fighting. But you got to fight. You don't just give in to <laughs> There is travail in it. I doubt if very many women having a baby in the throes of labor, amen, or letting out big yawns. <laughs> Screams maybe, but not yawns. <laughs> it's ordained of God in blessings. The blessings that we enjoy as a church and as a Christian come as a result of somebody else's travail. Yeah. Somebody worked to build this building. That's pretty steep roof. I mean, just putting that stuff up there, you know, it's a little bit dangerous. Yep. 
Somebody travailed to give the money to pay for it. Brother David Smith travailed to lay this blacktop. Brother David Baker travailed on this gym. Brother Nathan Cox travailed on this gym. It's, it's a travail when you do something like that. Now, if you're just sitting on the sidelines and observing, it's no big deal. Yeah, what's the big, what's this, why are they so long? <laughs> I remember thinking that about my wife, about 23 hours into labor. <laughs> but it's ordained of God that people enter into suffering to have the blessings. Which is why a lot of people prefer just to come to church, sit down and relax, wait till it's over, get up and go home, and then come do it again next week. Unless somebody else set up the tables, cook the food, serve the food, sweep the floors, that the people that didn't help set it up, it's their brats that make the biggest messes. But they know somebody to take care of. Tears me up. Some young lady come to me and say, hey, I'm going to have a wedding. Uh, who's who's going to be, who's gonna be uh, setting everything up? I said, your parents, your brothers. Your sisters, your family. Oh, I don't know. My parents are getting kind of old. Is it because you waited too long to get married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the blessings come at somebody's expense. Yes, sir. In business, there's travail. 
Those who succeed are the ones who labor until it hurts. Those who say, oh, I tried, you know, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out because you didn't work. Right. Yes, sir. If you work, it'll work out. Yeah. But if you're just going to try and see if it's easy and prosperous, no, you're just a loser. You gotta work. Work till it hurts. I shoveled nine tons of crushed concrete last Thursday. I fixed the camp road. You know, we had the men's retreat. I seen all those potholes all over the place going in and out of there. I said, no, we're not doing this. These ladies going in and out every day. And then when it rains, all the things are full of water. No, no, we're not. No, no, we're not doing this. Now, that was on Thursday. On Saturday morning, I threw my back out. <laughs> it was fine shoveling concrete, but pulling that sock on two days later. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate him being out there and helping us out there. There are no shortcuts to success. I'm taking a class right now. Shortcut to being a millionaire. <laughs> you shovel nine yards of concrete, it's going to be more than a little bit of sweat right there. I'll guarantee you that. You're, you will be drenched 
all the way. All the way. It is ordained of God and it helps us to appreciate the blessings. That mother goes through that travail and I mean she's as miserable as she can be till they bring that baby in there and put that baby in her arms and all of a sudden she starts forgetting about all that travail. the blessings. A suffering parent appreciates when the child grows up and they're healthy and they're safe and they're productive. They get married, they have children, they have grandchildren, you can have them around, love on them, rejoice in them. Unless the devil throws a bunch of curveballs in there Divorces, mass confusion, custody battles, court cases. But it's still a blessing. I had two twins hugging me before I left the house to come over here to live. They said, you going to teach the Bible? I said, yeah, I'm going to church to teach the Bible. They said, well, give us a hug. I said, okay. One of them said, you going to give Nana a hug? I said, no. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> I said, no, I'm going to give her a big old sloppy kiss. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he said, I guess that works. <laughs> yeah, it does, it works. <laughs> Even through all the travail, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Don't lose your joy, don't lose your blessing just because you don't have smooth sailing. I don't know too many people that sail all the way through smoothly. Yeah. Helps us appreciate the blessings. Travailing over a boy in prison. When a mama has a boy in prison, you know what she does? She buys him birthday presents for his birthday, Christmas presents at Christmas, and stacks them in the closet till he comes home. You say, how do you know? I've watched my wife do that for four and a half years. Boy, did she ever rejoice when he came home. Amen. Mm. It's ordained of God. God hasn't failed you when those things happen. Don't get bitter at God. The more a mother travails while he's gone, the more she'll rejoice when he comes home. Just like the prodigal son's father did. Far country, he was watching every day. As soon as he got home, kill a fatted calf. Let's party. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Oh, you know what he's done? He don't care what he's done. He's home. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Hope you don't ever have to live it up. But if you do, rejoice. Don't scold. Don't accuse. Don't get curious and ask them what all they've been doing. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. Yeah. A travailing church will shout over souls. A dead church will have dead babies. And they will do no shouting at their birth. God gives newborn children to the church that desires them and agonizes over them and travails over them and prays over them and loves them, that's the church God will give newborn spiritual babies to. Dead churches have spiritual miscarriages, spiritual abortions, 
dead babies that grow up like zombies in the church. They come to church, they sit in the pew, they're bored to tears, they wish they were somewhere else. As soon as they turn 18, they're gone. Why? Dead baby in a dead church. We agonized over Frank Roscoe for 36 years. And we're still rejoicing. That guy is still excited to be saved. He avoided it like the plague for 36 <laughs> years. And now, Sister Dolores called me and said, who is this man? <laughs> See, his name is Frank. She said, I don't know this man. He gets up in the morning and he wants us to read the Bible together. She said, you know how many times I wanted to read the Bible with him and he was never interested? She said, now, nah, I don't even get to sleep late. Dolores, get up, it's time to read the Bible. <laughs> I'm still rejoicing. Mm -hmm. I'm still rejoicing. Amen. I'm going to go home. Yeah. You know what? We travailed a long time. I thought 24 hours of labor was long. About 36 years of labor, ladies. Who wants to volunteer for that job? <laughs> so it's ordained of God. It helps us to appreciate the blessings. And it gives the reason for travail and missions is it gives all the glory to God. What do I mean by that? You cannot convert a soul without God. I don't care how smart these hyper soul winners think they are. They cannot convert a soul without God. He is the one who saves. Yes, sir. Isaiah 37.3 says there was not strength enough to bring forth the birth. There again, a dead church doesn't have the strength to give birth. A dead woman can't give birth. Even if there's a baby right there. Converting a soul is a lesson in humility. You find out just how powerless you are when a child is looking up to you saying, I want to be saved. And you're thinking, oh boy, we better be careful right here. You're powerless. If God doesn't get in it, it's not going to happen. I remember having a vacation Bible school out at East River Baptist Church one time and, and preached and gave an invitation. You know, I'm thinking maybe one or two would come forward. I think 25 came forward. I said, oh, oh boy, what do I do now? <laughs> So I went to my office and 
Had them to line up outside the office and started dealing with them one at a time. I just can't get a hold of that. Raise your hand if you believe this. Raise your hand if you believe that. Raise your hand. Now pray this prayer. I just, I just can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I got to talk to them one at a time. Yes, sir. It took a long time. I think some of them gave up and left. But I figure if they gave up and left, there was probably a reason for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hard to make a child understand spiritual things. But you know what's even harder? Try to make an adult understand. That's even harder. Try to make an atheist understand. You know what you're going to find out? If God doesn't get in this, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Try to make a Mormon see the light, see the truth. Or a Jehovah Witness. Or a third generation dead Baptist. If God doesn't get in it, they're not going to get born again. Yeah. So that's why you've got to give them the gospel and your own soul. Travail. Try to make a German understand. Or a Jewish person who hates Jesus Christ. God's going to have to open those eyes. Your brilliant grasp of the scriptures will not be sufficient. God has to do it, then God gets all the glory because we are totally helpless to convert the soul. It takes witnessing, it takes praying, it takes preaching, yet it takes God. Travail. Why do we have to have travail in missions? Paul said, for you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Don't avoid the labor. Dive right into it. Don't avoid the pain of the travail. Dive right into it and just stay with it. Unite your hearts together over the same soul. Give them your testimony. Take a friend to give them their testimony. Talk to them until they're dear to you. That you feel the pain of them going to hell when they die. If they don't get born again. Paul said, I could wish myself accursed for my brethren according to the flesh. He was willing to go to hell if that would help. That's actually what uh, intercession is. 
True intercession is being willing. I got that from Reese Howell's book, Intercessor. True intercession is when you're willing to take somebody else's suffering, sickness, disease. If God will deliver them, you're willing to take it for yourself. That's why every time you pray for somebody that's sick, it's usually an empty prayer because you're not willing to take what they've got. You just want God to take it away from them. But you don't want God to give it to you. Right? True intercession is Jesus Christ taking our sins in His own body and our sicknesses. He bore them in His own body on the cross because of His intercession for us. He prayed for us because He was willing to take our sin, our suffering, our sickness, our disease, our condemnation. He took it all, bore it all. Well, he travailed on the cross because we were dear to Him. Sure. Father, bless the class. Thank you, Lord, for loving us that way. Thank you, Father, for for sending your Son to travail on the cross. Father, I can't imagine what travail you went through to send him to the cross. But I thank you for it. And I pray you'd help us to have that kind of burden for the world. I pray you'd help our missionaries to have that kind of burden. Lord, I, I listen today to a missionary weep with a great burden. And I pray you'd meet that need. Have your way for the class to come. Bless Brother Tim. Thank you, Lord, for these good folks that have come faithfully this semester. I pray it's been a blessing. I pray it will continue to be a blessing. Thank you for those that have watched online. I pray it would be real to them and helpful to them and an encouragement and a blessing to them. And may they enter into the labor and the travail of the work of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. I talked to another pastor today who said, I listen to everything y'all put on the sermon audio. Everything. He said, I, I try to li listen to other people. He said, but I get more out of what I get from Shady Acres than anywhere else. So church, keep up the good work.